I think the options for asking research questions are almost infinite. I think the main thing is to pick something that really interests you. Hello and welcome to Just Questions, where I talk to researchers and students about their research questions and how they ask them. And this episode we have... I'm Heather Campbell and I'm at the University of Pretoria. I work on African ants, uh, mainly, well, yeah, almost entirely in Africa. And my research is primarily community ecology and diversity. Um, but I ask lots of different questions to do with um, disturbance, whether it's through elephants or uh, anthropogenic impacts, elevational gradients, lots of different things. So what kind of questions do you ask? Um, so one of my main projects at the moment is looking at um, I'm looking at research in Tembe Elephant Park and I'm trying to connect the, so there's a big population density of elephants there and we want to see if the, because the elephants change the vegetation structure through their activities, obviously they're quite destructive, so we want to see if that vegetation, uh, change of vegetation structure then has a knock-on effect on the invertebrate assemblages there. So we're trying to link basically these mega herbivores all the way down to these you know really tiny invertebrates and, and see if they're connected. And, and what kind of methods do you use to answer this? Uh, so I do, I mean it's all basic uh, kind of diversity sampling, so I do lots of pitfall trapping, uh, some structured hand collecting, I also do a lot of leaf litter sampling as well. The leaf litter ants are always really interesting. <laughs> Great. So um, let's talk about questions. I want to know what your first research question was. My first research question? Mm -hmm. Okay, so kind of going back to PhD research or... Oh, if you had or, a question before that and oh, you worked on okay. it. Oh, okay. Um, so for my PhD, I actually worked on ant-plant interactions. And there's been a lot of research done in East Africa on, in terms of African research on ant plants. There's been a lot of research done in East Africa on the swollen thorn um, acacia, acacia drapanolobium. And that's held up as the classic example of African uh, ant acacia mutualisms. And I really wanted to know, okay, so what happens across the rest of Africa? Because it's this huge continent and we actually don't have any other data points so we don't know what happens in other systems so there's all these other acacias that have swollen thorns and they have ants living inside them but nobody's really documented those relationships so i went and worked in namibia and basically studied the the communities on um on a species called the camel thorn acacia there just to have a, a comparison of a southern african system uh, so it's kind of a it was really just an exploration of a, of a new system, I guess. Mm -hmm. and, and the kind of questions that you've been asking, has it been changing with time? Across my career, mm -hmm. you mean? Okay, sure. So, um, yeah, so I started off working on interactions biology, so mutualism biology. Um, but whilst I was working on that ant acacias and I was doing lots of interesting stuff and finding things out there, I started noticing that ants... Uh, it, across the entire habitat so I would notice that ground foraging ants and the other ants on the trees um, and I started to wonder how those communities sort of assemble and the different things that affect those communities um, so I could see different ants interacting because I was out in the environment all the time and I was noticing the ants uh, so I started to do a lot more work on the community ecology um, and the kind of uh, and assemblage level stuff looking at diversity and dominance uh, and various different questions so that has now led me into a much more community and functional ecology uh, kind of research program. So yeah, so my questions have definitely changed as I've become more interested in in 
ants overall. So what do you think makes a good research question now? Oh, I think um, I think there are lots of good research questions. So I think I think the options for asking research questions are almost infinite. I think the main thing is to pick something that really interests you. So there are obviously some questions that might perhaps be thought to be scientifically more interesting or really pressing questions that are at the forefront of uh, ecological theory or um, behavioral, uh, you know, behavioral ecology, uh, evolutionary biology. But although although those might be great questions, I think you have to be motivated by the stuff that interests you. So if you go out somewhere and you see something happening and you think, okay, why is this? Uh, why is this ant doing this? Or, you know, it, I mean, it might not even be ants, it might be something else. You think, why is this doing this? So you could go and do a behavioral study and find that out. Or you could go somewhere else and you could think, oh, wow, look at the diversity of the, these ants. You know, what, how are they all here? And uh, how are some of them really abundant and some of them super rare? So then you might study the community ecology. Um, or you might just wonder what they're doing overall. So then you would study the functional ecology. So I think, I think the questions, I think a good question comes from being driven to find out that answer yourself um so i think it's it's following things that you're interested in because if you're interested in it then you're going to be motivated to really find out the to really find out that answer so uh, where do you get ideas for your research question then? um i i just see ideas everywhere <laughs> so <laughs> people have asked me that question before and i think i'm very lucky because i work in africa and there are so many unanswered questions so everywhere I go, there's some new question. I see something in a habitat or in a, an ecosystem. I see some animal doing something and I go and look it up in the literature and there is no literature because nobody has ever studied it before. Uh, so I'm very privileged to work in a, an area where we actually don't know much. So you can just explore any new questions. Um, but I just, I actually, somebody gave me this tip when I was doing my PhD, uh, and I think it's a really good idea, but I basically have a notebook where I keep all my ideas for questions and for projects in it. And if I go out and I see something and I think, oh, I wonder why this is happening, or I wonder why this is like this. Um, and then I maybe ask someone else that works in that place or that knows more about that s- system. And they say, oh, we don't know, because that often happens in research. The mm-hmm. answer is we don't know that answer. Um, so then I kind of write that down in my little book and I think, oh, wouldn't it be great to know more about this? So I actually now have this ongoing list. I have, I don't know, I, I don't even know how many things are in my notebook, but, you know, 30, 40, 50 questions, all these different projects. So I always have these ideas. And I think if you're a curious person, which often leads people to science, then you see those questions everywhere, especially as an ecologist, if you're going out and you're just looking at stuff. And even if I'm not doing research I'm just going for a hike or something like that then I I'm always curious and seeing what's there and and trying to trying to explain things and and find things out so I I keep track of all my uh, all my little thoughts that I have that's a nice idea yeah Um, so my final question do you have any general advice to students that might be starting off uh, starting with their research general advice wow I don't know in what respect Um, uh, for example, asking questions or doing projects. Um. Sure. I think the main thing is not to be intimidated by the other people that are in the field. So I know when I started, I was very reluctant to approach 
these professors. So an example would be all these amazing instructors that we have on ANC course. And actually, if I'd reached out to those people, I know that they would have been able to help me and they'd have given me lots of information. So the first time that I went on ANC course, I had all these uh, all these specimens of Tetraponera and I didn't really know what they were. And I knew that Phil Ward worked on them, but I was too intimidated to actually send him an email and say, could you maybe look at them or help me and send him some images? And then I met him on ANC course in Kabali in Uganda. And I said, no, I have these Tetraponera in thorns on my acacia tree. And he was so interested. He looked at all my photos. He helped me with all my IDs. And he was very approachable and very friendly. Um, so I think the lesson that I've learned as I've kind of got further in my career is that there's nothing wrong with sending someone an email, approaching a person at a conference, because generally everyone is also inquisitive and wants to know the answers to questions. And um, even if you think it's a stupid question or maybe that answer is, is already out there, then people are always willing to talk to you about your work or talk about their work and you know how that might be helpful to you so I would say yeah just to not be intimidated by other people and to to make sure that you are able to approach people because you'll get you'll get so much done much more quickly um, if you utilize those networks available to you that's great thanks very much Heather okay thank you follow just questions on iTunes and SoundCloud and follow your host on Twitter at Ravindra underscore PN.